The plunge is always scary, but taking it always pays off. So without succumbing to fear, let's dive in. All right, we're back. We are back. So I just came off a 48-hour fast. Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy, especially uh, given your skeptical attitude in the past. I was skeptical uh, about multi-day fast. Yeah, I said I, I, I said I was going to do a three-day fast. You said I'm crazy. Like three start days. small, I one day, two days. Two day. Okay. I, I do think you're I wasn't I was thinking of continuing after two days but I was like why I, why do I have to keep you know I didn't plan to do I, I didn't have any plan so well there, there are different effects probably depending on the, the different amount of days I saw I don't one believe person in any of the effects that's that's the thing so why'd you do it <laughs> that's, the, that's the question that's the question um I think just for fun. That's what I told people when they asked. Just which for is, fun. Yeah, and that's what I told you about keto, and you push back on that also. Yeah, because it's obviously not true. So why don't you do anything else just for fun? This is something that that's. It's experimental. I I, I desire okay. extreme experience. Yeah, but not any extreme experience. You're not no. cutting yourself. This is an extreme experience that could potentially have benefit. Sure. But as I'm saying, I didn't research the particular benefits that I could get. Okay, um, but you know that it could be beneficial. Sure. If it wasn't thought to be beneficial at all by anyone, then I don't think you would do it just for fun. Well, beneficial in what way? There's physiological benefits, and then there's anyway. like psychological Right. So I'm saying also, I, I don't think that the uh, I feel more overwhelmed by the range of physiological effects and the varying research. So it, that's not the thing that inspired me to do it. OK, but I, I wasn't strictly speaking about physiological effects, even well, the, the psychological days, effects, yeah, yeah. even the psychological effects. There's the different number of days are, are different. Right. Right, but not as uh, in stone different as maybe the physiological. Maybe they are, but it, it would be hard to quantify. I guess I just don't like. But that's why you prefer the psychological effects because they don't force you to quantify. Perhaps. No, you don't There's like no all the metrics. Can't understand them. Right. I, I don't believe. I I go onto the Reddit and they're de- debating about the smallest of details this guy's going with this doctor this guy's going with that doctor so to me that says both of these people already put in tons of time and they still have a strong disagreement the idea that i'm going to be able to go in and unpack everything that they learned and then figure out and get to the source of the disagreement and have an opinion is crazy you don't need to have an opinion on the nuances though no because they were saying like you know, could you have coffee? Could you have gum? You know, and major, major disagreements. Yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone thinks that coffee is going to prevent autophagy. I mean, not that it's that it's definitive that fasting induces autophagy. Right, but, or that it's definitive that autophagy is the desired effect, or that. And then now, already, I'm just already that that's already deep, and I didn't even do that much. And how deep am I going to get? That's not deep at all. You're spending multiple days fasting, so just take the time that you would have spent eating and spend that time learning about fasting. Yeah, that level of depth that we just discussed is, two people is that 10 are at, minutes. Seeing two people that are at high depth disagree, that's the scariest thing. Years deep into it, disagree. I, I finally understand, I think, why people rely on authority. Mm-hmm. But you're always going to have this... this- they see this massive, you know, a pro- project of learning, and then they see that two people that are already very deep into it could disagree, and I think that that's just, uh, it just made, why would I even start? Okay, but you're always going to have disagreeing authority. 
Right. So then people say that they're not going to use. Yeah, they're going to pick based on their uh, based on their instincts or based on their desires, as opposed to uh, imagining that they're going to be able to uh, intellectually find their way out of it. Okay, so you could pick an authority and then understand according to that authority why it's beneficial to fast. So pick Peter Atia and find out why he thinks fasting is a good idea. And okay, it may not be entirely accurate, but that's your authority. And now you could still know why you're fasting. Right, or I could just fast because I just I just want to, and I just want to see how it feels. And I imagine that there's some amount of benefits. Whether I do particular small behaviors, it might have different impacts, but I'm not going to really be able to know anyway. And that's it. And that's much more inspiring for me to actually take action than than uh, the alternative. Yeah, but I don't I don't think it's just because you want to. I, th- I think that's a lie. I think it's it's uh, hiding the that the reason that you're fasting, which I I mean, assuming it's rational, which is that. Some people say it's good, and so I'm going to try it. But rather than acknowledge that I'm I'm blindly following, I'm just going to say it's because I want to. Oh, so not that I didn't give credit to the authorities is the real reason. I should say that some people say it's good, and I want to try it. Otherwise, I just don't think it it makes any sense at all. I think there's always been curious about extended fasts. After every fast that I've done, I said, oh, I definitely could do another day. Okay, so that's that's point one. Then, yeah, you hear about people doing it um, and people reporting that it's uh, healthy. Um, the health point um, is I find overwhelming, but I hear that it's possible, but I wouldn't be so surprised if it was also unhealthy, you know? So I, I, I don't, uh, if I had to bet, I would think that it's fine to maybe slightly healthy, but like I wouldn't be, but it had very strong conviction on that. Um, and then psychologically, I just think it, it it would give me a boost. It's just like anything that you could take control of, uh, another addiction to challenge, um, and uh, excitement about experiencing different things, and and uh, and what it says about my courage. And I think that that's the that's the, the most uh, desirable part for me. Okay, there you go. So now you you gave reasons. Those are better reasons. <laughs> yeah, than just saying, oh, I just wanted to. Right. The whole question was, why do you want to? Obviously, if you did it, you decided you want to. I said for fun, just to experiment, which I think pretty much sums it up to, to just see. Cause, because okay, but to, to someone who doesn't know. Experimentation, yeah. They would why. Someone who doesn't know experiment. anything about fasting, they're, they're befuddled. Oh, what? Okay, so you're going to cut yourself as an experiment? No. I, would, okay, I, I, I could see someone doing that. I could see someone doing that. I don't know if I yeah, would do it. I could, but, but this has different reasons than that. It's not just a random experiment. You have a host of specific reasons specific for this experiment. And that's, uh, I think, a much better explanation. Fine, but my reasons are a lot more um, personal yeah. and... Yeah, a lot of people might not want to hear that. Yeah, not so scientific. Like, I, that's, that's the point. Like, I, I don't, you know... I just want to see how much self-control I could have. I have like all kinds of weird ideas that will just make me stronger or something in some kind of way that will be beneficial mm-hmm. to me. That I, I needed to take a step to exercise my my willpower and that uh, it's inspiring whenever I succeeded exercising extreme well. I think that that's uh, been more of a, a thing that ties between all of the things that I've done. I found that whenever I uh, conquer something, it it inspires me yeah all right that's a it's a fair reason it's definitely p- p- part of my my motivation with the with the fasting although i have a little more faith in the in the science world i think yeah so i, I mean i think definitely it's a plus to it that the science says it's good you know like if they didn't say it was good then like maybe it's harmful uh you know i wouldn't just I don't think I would do it if I thought that there was a chance that I would get injured. Yeah. You think both of us also, and another possible motivator is that it's just something that's very prevalent within our culture. 
within our community, you know, online community or, or, you know, whatever subset of the population we, we, uh, fit, fit into. And yeah, so like monkey not consciously. Yeah, exactly. For sure that, well, how many times do I tell big bird to watch a certain TV show or to read a certain thing and then she won't, but then someone in her network recommends it. Um, she's dying for to, to watch it. Yeah. And then she's like, Oh, Game of Thrones, yeah. I want to watch that. What have I been telling you? Yeah. And I think there was a Seinfeld on that. He recommended the Cobb salad or something, and she won't get it, but then someone else recommends it, and he's infuriated. That's funny. I mean, it sounds familiar. Yeah, so definitely it has to do with that. The more people that I see talking about it. right? So I said it was a Tia, and then Elliot Hulse mentioned it as a way of, of uh, you know, like some kind of masculine kind of challenge. And that was a more appealing way for me to hear about it. Yeah. So for me, Atiyah is more, is more appealing. Right. It's funny yeah. how packaging, how packaging works like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is funny. Although it's not just packaging. It's uh, the packaging is actually, you know, it's a, it's, it's not, completely independent packaging the packaging is pulled from from the essence of of the product and so you never even heard the idea of fasting being beneficial in that way and now you heard you might actually be interested and i could have heard elliot hulse speak about fasting and i would say okay those are very nice but uh, okay i could just take cold showers instead or you know hold my breath or do whatever and this is just another way to do that but then I hear, oh, no, there are actually health benefits. Now I'm interested. Right. So it has to speak to the aspect of the product that you and also yeah. because so much of these things are placebos, if it wasn't packaged that way, you would might not even have gotten that benefit. Interesting. Yeah. So that's what I think is so important. Like. If I was just fasting for no re like Sam always says, let's say I was fasting because I was being forced to. I wouldn't experience any of the benefits or maybe some of the scientific ones I would, but maybe less of the spiritual psychological ones at least. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And it, it, it translates to religion, right? If you're, if you're, if you're following the actions, but you're not fully confident in them or you, you're, you're not a hundred percent faithful, a hundred percent believing that they're good, then you might not or get the benefit have the right kavanah. Yeah. Or if you don't have the right kavanah. Like if the kavanah is essential to deriving the benefit from it in some cases. Some maybe actions are beneficial on their own or maybe not, like, which I think we visited yeah. that territory. But right. So that's I need the narrative. Like whenever I want to do something, I love to read up uh, about the things that I care about and the ways that they may be tied to this event. And even yeah. if they're not, if I believe that they are, then I feel like I'll derive those kind of benefits. Mm -hmm. If you say I'm fasting because I'm going to be super productive and I'm going to be a beast and it's going to give me tons of confidence, well, then it will. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely true. Um, interesting. You came into the fast from ketosis. Uh, right? Yeah. Ish. No. No. Remember, I no. said I was at point three in the middle of the fast. What, you were at point three in the middle of the fast or like an hour in? When I tested that Sunday morning, it was like 10 hours in or whatever, 15 hours in. And you were at point three? That's what I was trying to tell you. There's something wrong with me. That's crazy. Interesting. Well, when did you start eating eating keto? About a day earlier. Okay, fine. So point three is fair then. Maybe. And I wasn't heavy out of keto. Like, I, I was, like, bordering. You, know, you were still eating know, a fat-heavy diet. Yeah. Mostly fat, maybe 20, 30 grams of carbs. I wasn't, that's not like I was stuffing my face with carbs. But I think it's also interesting we could just revisit why we both, why I took such drastic action. So we're both coming out of uh, Passover. And I, independently, I hadn't seen Bert. Yeah. He hadn't seen me. And I just felt so disgusted with my diet. Yeah, not only did we both decide to do ketosis, we both had that same uh, similar thought. 
right? That what? I the reason I switched, I, I was I, I just realized like I I feel like I'm sl- enslaved to to the food. I need to eat three four meals a day, uh, you know, evenly spaced out. Otherwise, I get tired. It was just ridiculous. I thought it was pathetic. I just, and so I decided for the sake of freedom, I need to get back on ketosis. Yeah, and the and the true spirit of Passover. <laughs> yeah, and the true spirit of Passover. And it seems you had you had a similar thought process, and we didn't even speak about it. Yeah, I didn't like having to eat. Just being hungry was annoying. And then I mentioned to you the other benefit that I think that it helps with depression. Um, I, there's one thread on Reddit where like 80 people report that experience. Um, some with like severe clinical depression. Really? Wow. So again, that to me, true or not true, you know, I, from my own experience, I don't think I was depressed once in ketosis. And then I experienced a pretty, uh, down month out of ketosis and now I'm back in it. And I've been like, uh, some kind of machine, like back to that same space that I was in when I initially yeah. got into it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that's true or not true, though. Once you try something for yourself, uh, I think the studies in a way lose rev- uh, relevance because we know there the are studies are the studies are meant to show the general reaction, right? The trend. But None of us fall perfectly onto the line that the study is 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 drawing in the data, and right, so we know that there's error. always right. But we know that there is a that there's so many factors in our own experience. I, I mean, if there was a study that showed that some people um, experience lessening in their depression from ketosis, which basically I'm taking that Reddit post to say, um, then it gives more credence to my experience. Yeah. Whereas but, if no one had said it and only I experienced it, it could have been then another. I would, oh. Right. Yeah. But I'm definitely feeling great again. I mean, I've, I I fasted 48 hours and I ate a small meal and then now I haven't eaten in another almost 24 hours. And uh, I just feel great. Do you think we're addicted to ketosis? I'm starting to get concerned that I'm I'm never going to feel good when I'm not on a keto diet or never be productive. Not on a keto diet. You spoke about that study where um, people became more carb addicted from being in ketosis. People were reporting that. <laughs> not a definitely study. One person. An anecdote. And we <laughs> definitely, uh, our anecdotes definitely align with that anecdote. For sure. But uh, yeah, we had uh, short term, very short term effects, but those faded quickly. Yeah, I still have more carb cravings than I think I noticed previously. Uh-huh. What if it's the uh, meditation? You're becoming more aware of them. Right. We're just, that's what I think it is. Just more aware. Yeah. I, I never recalled even feeling a craving for carbs. Maybe I was eating them, though. I don't know. And yeah, I had them must all the have. You would, you would love eating them. Right. Right, you nothing. You love nothing more than a nice, uh, you know, sandwich, yeah, white bread sandwiches. sandwich. Yeah, love that. Yeah, so we probably are getting addicted to ketosis. I mean, it feels much better. How have you felt this week? Much better. No, night and day, right? Yeah, it's just it's noticeably better. In terms of what, like I'm no motivation is one thing that I'm noticing tremendously. Energy. Yeah, yeah, all that. I'm I'm less likely to sit and consume junk content. Same. More likely to do my work. I have more energy. I don't need to think about food. Do you think it's just placebo-ish that we're taking control, so we feel that way, or it's a real thing? It could be placebo, but that's why I, the one other thing I think we need to try is intermittent fasting, extreme intermittent right. fasting, like a, a, a very, a very, uh, a, a very narrow feeding window with carbs. I, I did that a little bit in the summer, but I was knocking myself out with the first meal after the fast. 
Yeah, so I would just do one meal after the fast, only one meal per day after you work at night. I was eating way too much. It's like time to mellow down. So come, uh, you know, 8 p.m., 7, 7.30 p.m., you're done with your work, you or 7 p.m. even, and you start and you eat, you know, at 7 and you eat at 8.30. And uh, I was getting nauseous meal. and stuff. Yeah, so that's just control how much you eat. Don't stuff yourself too much. I mean, I have to get in my calories for the day, though, unless I plan to lose tons of weight. Yeah, I mean, you don't mind being at a deficit now. No, but it's not a it's not a long term plan. I mean, at a certain point, uh, how much of a deficit can I handle? I, I can't imagine that being good. Yeah, maybe slowly, it, you know, your your uh, body gets more and more accustomed to eating big meals. Right, and it's less of a shock. Also, I think forty eight hours and then eating a big meal is different than is different you know, than than eighteen hours. Yeah, I only think I had like twelve hundred, thirteen hundred calories though. It wasn't even a huge meal. Yeah, and it's pretty big all at once when your stomach hasn't had any food in it for 48 hours. Yeah. It had like 400 calories. So people do, like uh, Elliot Hulse was saying, he does like yeah, every other back. day. No, he oh. eats, he, he fasts for 36 hours every every cycle, 36 hours, I forget what 36 he hours and then a meal, and then 36, 36 hours. 36 hours and a meal, yeah, crazy. Crazy. So it's it's 36-8? Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, Very something scary. like that. He has a name for it. And then he, he claims so it. And, it's and in one day fasting and then one day eight-hour feeding but window. he's losing tons of weight, he, and he was less lean than us to begin with. Uh-huh. Yeah. But maybe it'll be more manageable for us to maintain because we need less calories. And you're not lifting, so you don't need, like, a ridiculous amount of calories unless you're you're lifting again. No, but I'm, I, I want to lift like once a week and then. Yeah, um, so you don't need to. No, but like I if you're lifting every day, like you need tons of calories every every day almost. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I want. I don't think though that burns as much calories as lifting, but maybe it does. I mean, my watch claims it burns tons. I don't know if it's true or yeah. not. Maybe I don't know. I think uh, strength lifting. I don't know why. It just makes me ridiculously hungry so i assume it has me burning tons of calories but maybe not no maybe muscles are very hungry yeah oh so i I need to get more protein rather than more calories something like that yeah interesting or muscle your body just thinks it's going to grow and then that takes more you know so yeah expecting growth as opposed to but it is growing yeah yeah, I'm not just saying I'm not just saying the the act just activity from from lifting, then also the recovery might take more calories. Uh, for sure. Right. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Lifting I think burns that's an calories. Thing that with the recovery. Yeah. Yeah, there are people that say that lifting is is one of the more effective uh, weight loss exercise tools. Yeah. They say better. Some people say better than cardio. Yeah, because carrying muscle burns more calories in your resting state. Yeah. Anyway, I want to go back to us. I want to go back to the keto addiction because I think it's a serious problem. You're concerned about it? Yeah. Do, do you anticipate having to be on keto for the rest of your life? I don't know. Yeah, it, it probably is a problem. <laughs> Well, is it just that now we know what we could feel like and we're just addicted to feeling yeah. better? As, yeah, why would we ever want to feel worse? Like, I think I might have baselined at the end of keto. I don't remember it. Like, I definitely lost some of the initial crazy motivation that I was getting. Or you just got used to feeling that way. But I, but then I was finding ways to still be lazy, I think. Uh-huh. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, but you still might have felt better. Maybe there's just not not that much work for you to do. So, like, you worked like a beast, and then suddenly your plate was clear uh, clear again. And so then you got lazy. Nah, but I had goals and stuff, and I just couldn't find them. I I, I don't remember. I don't remember. But that's the fear, because if it's just that we're feeling better, and obviously we're going to be addicted to feeling better, fine. But if we're feeling better temporarily, um, more and more frequently we do it, the less better we're going to feel. And 
Yeah, it's like a drug intolerance. Crave it, yeah. then yeah, then. Okay, so you will cycle it. It's not the worst thing if you have to cycle it. You're forced to eat carbs every three months, and you have yeah, a but I plunged into yeah. like a month long depression on carbs. Yeah, so you do it in more mellow situations, intentionally overlap it with vacations that where you don't come back yeah, to, a, like to a hard unhappy. landing. Yeah. Why? But but Israel was great. Yeah, that was the so first. Possible that was when you, I was. It's possible that you'd be in a state of happiness on the carbs. Maybe I need a much higher carb diet. Also, like I don't know if you did similar to me. I was like still almost on my keto, but yeah. like, it might have been wrong what I was doing. You're saying maybe you need a uh, uh, just to indulge. Like she, forty she, to fifty percent fat uh, carbs. I was not eating like that. I yeah. was eating like twenty percent, you know, carbs or ten or fifteen percent carbs, which was still much more than I had. But maybe yeah, that's so maybe your diet. brain just didn't have enough energy. Right. Maybe we were on glucose and just didn't like what I was doing. And it was like, this is a bad diet. Uh-huh. Yeah. So next time I cycle off of it, I mean, we both had visions of eating much more veggies and getting most it's of just our carbs so from veggies. Hard. But I got lazy and then I just wasn't getting carbs. So maybe next if time I'll put in. In the picture, sweet potatoes, lentils, beans. Correct. Ezekiel bread. You know, like. Yeah. Exactly. Or Ezekiel bread. Still not sure about Ezekiel bread. That's my gray, my uh, gray area. What's in Ezekiel bread? It's bread. It's uh, it's it's whole wheat bread, whole grain bread. Nah, it's not. But the grains are sprouted, so they're more fibrous, more protein. That's it. It's, it's sprouted whole grain bread. And that's the only difference. Yeah. All right. So, with, but no flour. Well, whole whole wheat flour. No, nah, it says no. We don't use any flour. So what grains do they use? The grains, but they don't grind them. Okay, so that's not white flour. It depends what you call flour. It's much less dense maybe than... Fine, we'd have to research Ezekiel. But fine, yeah, maybe more beans. Yeah, they use sprouted wheat. Well, why? Why are grains anyway uh, terrible for you? They're just much more carb-heavy in relation to fibers. Yeah, but I don't, yeah, yeah, it depends. Yeah, so I think also maybe that was the problem, that it was just a bad effort at, because I I was, last summer I was on, like, higher fat, but I was having two pieces of Ezekiel a day, um, more tomatoes, um, and, you know, I I don't know, maybe potatoes here and there, and maybe beans, and I felt, uh, I felt much better. I didn't feel terribly. Yeah. The reason is that different different carbs have, you know, varying complexities. And so sugar is going to hit you immediately. It, they measure how fast the uh, the glucose affects your, your uh, blood with uh, mm. the glycemic index. So sugar is going to hit you immediately. Uh, you know, white bread is going to hit you. So like a very simple starch. It's going to hit you also very quickly. And then you get more and more complex and you have vegetables where they're mixed in with tons of fiber. And those carbs are going to hit you more slowly. And mm-hmm. so you don't you don't want to spike your blood sugar. Spike right. your insulin. And it's so definitely not two pieces of Ezekiel at a time. Yeah. So maybe there, there's something to that. Right, also, that's why I think it, it's preferable to get your carbs from vegetables. I just think it might be too hard have tons of broccoli right and then the question is is fasting just adding more intensity to the ketosis so like because we already have tolerance to ketosis we're going to start fasting oh to get a deeper level of keto ketosis people yeah, report like feeling best feeling. people report feeling best at at uh you know in the one range of, of uh the, the ketone levels in the one range like uh, Tim Ferriss says, his optimal range is 1.1 to 1.7. Uh, other people say say similar similar things to that. So maybe maybe not everyone even feels best at you know two and a half or three. So in that case, I don't know if, if we'll end up loving fasting to get that deeper state. Well, I don't think I'm capable of getting the deeper state. So <laughs> I don't know. You know. No, one, one of the articles I read, I told you in the in the third day of the fast, or maybe I didn't tell you. In the third day of the fast, they they saw that's when they saw their ketone levels uh, 
drastically rising and they were coming out of a high fat diet. So those were the days I missed it. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, anyhow, so I'm very into it, into it. I guess we'll see how we feel. Like if this is real, that this energy, I mean, it's ridiculous that I don't remember how long this lasts, but assuming that this lasts for a somewhat long amount of time, I mean, yeah. What if it's not healthy in the long run? So you just get this energy trade off. Let's say we That's find that out. Would you stay on keto if it's not healthy in the long run? Would you still stay on it? Is it worth it? What about could I do fasting? I mean, I'm confident that I could find another alternative. But assuming that everything feels like how I just felt, then I would have no choice. But <laughs> I have no choice. So we so we're addicted. Yeah, but it could be that I was miserable before keto. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I just hope it's not that it's going to, we'll have a tolerance to it and that it's not going to end up, pro- like, if it really just makes my life much better sustainably, Yeah. then it's worth lo- losing a few years. I mean, it depends what 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 we're talking about, if it's going to make me more likely to catch, significantly more likely to develop cancer i don't know how you say it but you know yeah you don't catch it but you know then i, Get I would it. Make, yeah to develop cancer then i would be unlike you know I, I would probably have to think twice but if it was going to lead to a liver problem i don't know way down the road then you'd take the risk it depends, like, really what, what kind of benefits we're talking about because, like, I feel significantly more motivation, assuming that, like, my behavior is different in my estimation consistently and that, like, I test this on and off and this is always the case, then, yeah. I mean, I can't even explain the benefits. Is anyone going to even believe the benefits that we're reporting? Yeah, I think so. Is better energy levels and we, did you hear that alexa what? shut up the the dot the echo dot started talking when i said energy levels i don't know why anyway we have better energy levels and i think from the better energy levels it becomes easier to do work uh, you know stuff like that yeah it's uh, it's definitely not. Would you say that it's something that everyone should try? Yeah, definitely. Definitely, right? Uh, I mean, it's crazy. Is this what everyone? Unless they're like it? really set in after years and years in a specific diet that's very good and works for them, then it might not be worth, you know, shaking the boat. But like I think we're always going to shake the boat. Like I think we're talking about cycling. This seems to be makes sense. Yeah. Okay, but we're in favor of cycling, but some people need stability. And let's say someone's been, you know, on a pescatarian diet and, uh, you know, a paleo-pescatarian diet for 20 years. Do people report feeling this way from other diets? Is is that something like... Yeah, I don't know. I I told you about that all-fruit diet. The person said they were on a never-ending sugar high. Yeah, that's crazy. That sounds good. No crash. Yeah, we definitely take a never-ending sugar high. If we want to do the science end of it, we need an expert. That's which I, what I how I, I need one. I don't think there's any way to monitor that kind of stuff on our own. Yeah. Our own performance. That's something that I mean we should be able to. Even though it seems like I'm I'm doing a poor job remembering. Yeah. If Pierre Tia is listening to this. We beg you to take, take us on as clients. Yeah, I should I should listen to the old podcast and see how I felt at the end of, of being a keto. I really remember. Yeah. Well, there are also other factors at play. We were traveling, which was a huge change. And then we came back. Yeah, but it's, I had a very tough month. Did you have a generally tough month or, or was yeah. the pass off just hard? Like a, no, Pesach wasn't that bad. It just came to me. I realized it, but like it wasn't particularly bad Pesach, but, and I don't think I was depressed, but 
now finally get to the pot. Uh, I was in general since I got back, since we got back from our traveling, our travels. So that's after keto, basically. I was having a tough time. And I don't know if I could attribute it to not being on keto because it was also probably related to traveling. But I do know that getting back on keto now is making me feel better. And I hated having to eat and being dependent on food. My energy levels were just a different story. I mean, the question is, why do I crave higher energy levels? Like maybe that's what happened. Maybe I just developed attachment to high energy and then I should have been able to drop into this lower energy state which had worked for me previously um and been okay but because of my addictive nature i developed a attachment to high energy and then spent the low energy time craving high energy yeah and these energy levels give us uh, certain sensations that I, i guess we find pleasant this kind of thinking is just poison though i hate meditation (laughs) That we're addicted to everything. No, it, yeah, it might not be. Uh, it might not be bad to be addicted to keto. You know, it could just be a very beneficial diet. Maybe it's the optimal diet, and it is challenging to stay on it in the long run because at some point you you want to indulge. But if we can't, if we don't like the feeling of not being on it, then we know we're we're going to stay on it for the most part and always return to it. Assuming that it's so, actually good for us. Yeah, so assuming it's healthy, and it's a good thing, and it very well might be healthy. There's a lot of reason to think it it is beneficial. Right, so then it's like uh, being addicted to working out. Yeah, exactly. Right, so that's what you're saying. There's different uh, types of addictions, and it's not the biggest deal. But why is it that I can't function with lower energy, you know? Like, I don't know. You could function. You just function with lower energy. But I, I resent the fact that I have low energy. You know, I don't, I'm not accepting of it. Yeah, because our goals are biased towards higher energy, right? Your goals involve working, making yeah, money, like getting things done. Like I, t- like I said that when I spoke to the therapist, and I wanted therapy that would make me feel a certain way. Like, I don't like feeling bad. I just want to always feel good. And she yeah. said that that's not the point. That's a bad mindset. Yeah. So I guess that's the, that's the point. Our our goals already display our bias. Right, as long as I'm living with goals, and and obviously then I, I have uh, biases towards things. I have bias towards a certain way of feeling. Exactly. The problem is really is probably the the deeper problem is you know why do we have those goals? We're humans. We're brought up a certain way. We had certain experiences early that we developed attachment to. We were culturally taught that certain experiences were desirable, and uh, and the uh, our trajectory has been set. Yeah, but it but it's not fully set. We could change our goals or overwrite them with enough enough work, and that's part of I think what meditation opens the door to. Right, we can strip it all away if we want it. It's possible. It's possible. Right, but we don't. But we don't know to what end and where it would take us. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 scarier. It's scarier. But it. But I don't think anyway that you need to forego all of the uh, cravings. Like giving into a craving does that is that destructive? Or maybe as long as you observe it. I don't know. I think as long as you're aware, it's okay. And eventually, that aware. You're going to be human. You're going to make decisions to do things. Yeah. Also, we're not monks, right? Monks aren't supposed to. uh, Regular people, balabites or whatever the the Buddhist. Yeah, householders. Householders. We're not expected to, to swear off all the pleasures of life. Right. Right. They're supposed to have a wife and have a family. They're not supposed to uh, give up all sexual activity. Uh, They're supposed to probably, you know, have uh, celebrations and celebrate with good food 
and whatever else there is. How much is foregoing pleasure uh, a value for a regular person? Because I think that that's another thing, right? With food, like I, so I was telling someone, I'm just doing it for fun. And he goes, okay, well, I'm going to have fun eating now. <laughs> and I was thinking in my head, you're not having any fun eating. You get such a small temporary dopamine. Mine definitely adds up to more fun. Yeah, the end. I gave up that tiny dopamine release for, that comes from eating that I'm going to have every other day of my life anyway and got to experience a totally new thing. Yeah, like you're so bad at having fun, even if yeah, even if having fun like a, is your goal. Um, giving a wet, giving abstinence is a powerful tool to have more fun. Yeah. A year from now, are you going to remember what you ate on this specific day? Are you going to remember the experience of it? No. Are you going to remember fasting? Somewhat, yeah, exactly. at least. And I was feeling so good for the whole two days. Like all, I was in constant state of pleasure. Yeah, constant pleasure. And then, yeah, just adding up, like, the pleasure of that one meal, you know, how do you add up those kinds of things? I don't know. On the fast, your nose gains a ridiculous sensitivity now. Insane. Insane. I almost, my nose, I feel like a dog. Like, and I, you know, start sniffing around and identifying different odors and just thinking delicious whenever I smelled food. Insane. My nose was going crazy. I was getting pleasure from smelling. Yeah, yeah, it is like you, I take a deep inhale, and oh, what a what a what a sensation! It was unbelievable the smells. The only thing that also why I stopped is I was getting too distracted. Like I could just think about the fact that I was fasting, and like I didn't. Why do I need that? I ate a meal, and now I'm fasting again today, and I'm not only thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. I wonder where that comes from. The the it starts you know slowly taking up more and more space in your brain. Because you're probably, I mean, your body probably thinks it might die. It thinks it might die. Interesting. But when you're eating fat, it doesn't think it might die. Because we still are tricking it into a state of ketosis or not tricking it. Yeah. There has to be other things. Like your belly probably has receptors that tell it if something came in or not. Yeah. Yeah, my belly is particularly small. It started grumbling. The fluids are getting restless. The, everything in there is like, all right, how about now? How about now? Yeah. And then it start probably starts just inducing so some kind into, of panic. Uh, a, a bigger and bigger desire to eat, and you just start thinking about food more or whatever. Yeah, because you have to go get food. Yeah. It's fair. So I think that that was distracting. I mean, maybe once you overcome that, yeah, yeah, so that's like, why I like day seven, day eight, day fast is like, but I I definitely felt that also. It was just started taking. A, I, I felt like a girl who just stares at uh Instagram pictures of food all day. I was yeah prepping keto recipes. That's when I got into the keto bread <laughs> from the fast. Yeah, exactly. So I didn't wanna. I was like, why do I have to keep going? I did good. But Elliot Hulse did a, a he tried to do a forty day. He said to be like Jesus. Crazy. I think he got the double digit though. There's someone right now in uh, our fasting who's at day 15 or something, and he's yeah. updating it daily. Yeah, there are a lot of experiments in the past with fasting. Uh, I think generally they were done by like sickos. I'm sure the Nazis experimented a lot with fasting, but not themselves. You know, subjecting their prisoners to fasts. Well, Elliot House was saying also that it's one of the most original religious. Like, all religions knew that fasting was a good thing. Yeah. But they don't have water either. They don't have anything. And then they start hallucinating. No, Ramadan, I think they have water. Uh, Ramadan is not like that, yeah. And they do four well, days is, of intermittent night. fasting. Yeah, not, yeah. yeah, that's just, Ramadan is just intermittent fasting. But there are also... Saying every religion, yeah. There are other religions that do fasting where, like, uh, you don't have water or food or anything. And you start to hallucinate a few days in, two or three days in. That's crazy. And it's like a, you know, like a psychedelic experience. Yes, I found it interesting that he said that. He's like, because that's, religion is basically, or some amount of it is just, what is the anecdotal experience? Accumulation of anecdotal evidence, yeah. 
Correct. So if they're all the religions are like, oh, this is a transformative experience, you know, like they all uh, felt that yeah. pretty clearly. So I thought that that was that, that also motivated me to want to do it. Yeah. And I like now, you know, like when we have fast days as a part of our uh, calendar, it gives them, uh, you know, more uh, meaning, I guess. Yeah. Oh, I get fasting. It's It's actually something to do. Yeah, and now imagine to do it with all of your friends. Yeah. Although it's funny when it gets ritualized, everyone just dreads it. Yeah. Well, also no one's coming at the fast from keto, so that one day is much more painful, right? Like once you once you're 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 in some stage of ketosis, the fast becomes significantly easier. Right. For sure. But it's I think it's like the mindset, like what I said in the beginning that. The right kavana, it's easy. What could be torture is, is easy. Yeah, yeah. I never thought the fast were tor- the fast were torturous, and other people did. But it could also be biologically we react react differently. I don't know if could it was- be that. Like I did have a positive outlook on the fast. Like, oh, I don't mind it. I'm not scared of it. But that could also just be because I've never had a bad experience fasting. And also, we want to be tough. Yeah. You could, like, exactly like what he says about the Navy SEALs. If you did the Navy SEAL training to someone without them trying to become a Navy SEAL, they would say it's torture. But if you do yeah. it under the frame of it being the most amazing, transformative, life-changing experience, it's going to be amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah. So how does that get lost, that kind of ability to find the kavana and the ritualization? I think we both it's think it's not easy to have the kavana. No, but yeah. I we I think we both respond very well to spontaneity. What do you mean by and, that? And agency. The fact that we yeah. can fast spontaneously okay. and have agency over it are two uh, critical components. Yes. You opted to be a Navy SEAL. In the other case, you're forced to. Uh-huh, yeah. So how yeah, do you... Yeah. Right, so how do you create, though... So. We, we're talking about creating these rules that govern your behavior, but you still want to have agency. So I guess creating a life that balances the feeling of agency with the ability to adhere and realize that you're adhering out of agency. Yeah. I think there are so many things we could do that are beneficial that we can't do all of them, at least not at once. So pick what you're motivated to do and do it rather than what you're told to do. And maybe that was that was, you know, hidden in the religion and we, and we lost that idea, right? Like you have certain characters who are known for their adherence to certain mitzvah. Right. And it's so maybe that, of all the good ones, you don't have, to yeah, do all you don't have to do times. everything. Well, especially like, the mitzvah I say. Yeah. Especially the mitzvah I say. Exactly. And I guess the mitzvah I say are much more loosely legislated. Yeah. So no one's saying that you must. But it but it's been interpreted into musts in a way, right? Like kiriyachima, uh, uh, tifila. Right. right. They're they're implemented. No, no one will say specifically that they're that that it's a it's a must must. Although no, they will. They'll say it's a chiyu. Right, and we're saying the fasting's kind of a lot said that we're saying is still a said. Yeah, because you're choosing to fast, I think. The status right. quo is definitely eating, so to 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 fast is is an active choice. Right. Whereas Right, but I guess we think there are things that you should abstain from doing completely. Yeah. Like killing, you know. But that's just something you should just always abstain from doing. I don't know if we believe that. I don't know. Maybe not. In this yeah, culture. There definitely are environments where I think killing could be okay. but And it could be the best thing ever, no? You killed your first person. Nothing's more empowering for you personally than having killed the person. Yeah. Okay, but for certain people with certain <laughs> psychological makeups and growing up in a certain culture, whatever it is, there are definitely things that are just rarely the, the, the right thing to do and you could call those here the killing is basically the worst idea yeah 
and the, okay, there still might be fringe uh, scenarios where it's acceptable, you know, self-defense, whatever. Uh, but it's generally something you should stay away from. Almost always. Well, That's I, have, why I, have it's that I, I have one that I want to hit. I have one that I want to hit. We don't have to do it today. Don't be jealous. That seems like a yeah. crazy law to say. Yeah, it is. How are and you going to sense. police your jealousy? Yeah, okay. So uh, you might not be able to adhere perfectly to it, but it's just the general idea. That's one of the things that you never, it's never beneficial to do, like murder. There's just, you should never be jealous. It's not going to have so a positive impact. If you find yourself you. indulging in jealousy, then what? Just try to know that try to bring about the right change. direction. Yeah, just be aware. Jealousy is a thing. That's what it, that's in a way. That's what Loch Tachmod says, right? It, it makes you aware of jealousy and says stay away from it. And now you could be aware, and slowly you'll be able to to stay away from it. And it also says don't hate. I guess. Yeah. Right. If you don't feel yourself hate, don't indulge in hate. Yeah, but that's just not going to prevent it. Stay away from. Revenge and holding grudges, same thing. Right, those are very questionable, though, if you should never do them. Yeah. I guess we talked about impure motivations. And no, you should never do them because be by good. holding revenge or a grudge, I think it's implied that it's coming from a place of hate. Uh, if you still act that way to send a message to show that you know you can't be walked all over or to express strength, then I don't think you're really acting out of revenge there. Right, sometimes not a, you need hate, hate to, to feel strong. Yeah, I don't, I don't anger, know. That's kind of hate is different than anger. Yeah, hate is different than anger. But I, I still don't even know if that's beneficial. You don't even know if that... I think that's necessary at times. You could get in a place where you're so low that the only way to fight up is... is through that to have a strong drive uh-huh yeah i don't know i don't know what the alternative might be in that kind of situation because you backed into the corner you're going to get killed and if you don't access the anger you're, you're going to get killed yeah i don't know if you need to access anger there though you know you just have the the will to survive i wouldn't say that's the same as anger I don't know, I guess whatever all these emotions are worth thinking about, right? A good thing to do one day is just to take a word and just think about it. Now, like, words are crazy. Yeah, that specific word. Yeah, get 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 a nuanced understanding of that word. It's definitely part of, uh, of you know, being, maybe not expanding your vocabulary, but, but using your vocabulary more accurately and with more detail. Like, what does anger mean even? To even it's a hard thing to understand. Yeah, it is. Or I was thinking of another word, connected, that like our devices promise to connect us. Yeah. Stay connected. Connected to what? You know, it's a crazy word. Yeah, with each other, can interact more easily, I guess. But connected seems very strong. It's not just like there's a, I guess connected just means that there's a bridge, whereas like, like there's this source that you want to connect to. Yeah. You like connected to another individual, but just connected. Like you want to be connected to the world, you know, like that. That's a way of connecting. I don't know. Yeah. Or you could you could just connect to the world by by existing in it, as opposed to like these things. Like if you know more about what's going on in every place of the world, that you're more connected. You have more connections. The neuro neurological pathways in your head as connections between places the more connections the better. i don't know crazy uh-huh. yeah, it is crazy well that's how everything works everything is a system of smaller things connected so it is a, yeah. a deep word it's a wild word right i was thinking i was like oh my god what a word connected and every word is probably like that no like chair not like yeah, that chair like that Every word that object. words that describe reality, I guess, but then how do you, what's a word that describes reality? 
like you could get into chair well, what part is the chair okay fine i get that but but like you know emotions words that describe emotions are crazy yeah because it's a whole it's something that you felt you have to remember what it feels like i guess and so that's also a meditation kind of thing to observe emotions and try to like be able to give them better even if you don't need to give words to them but to like they'll sometimes say to give colors to them mm-hmm. that's very interesting giving colors to the to the emotion yeah they say if words are hard don't just give a color to it or you like that might be harder giving a color to it yeah i was never able to successfully give color but I, that, that's also because we think in in ideas and words rather than colors and images Right, I had that sleep cycle app that wanted me to give a emoji to my emotion. Very difficult. Yeah, but maybe that's easier. A texture, they say you could find a texture, like all these different things than words. Texture? That's wild. It's a feeling. How are you going to, I mean, a word or a te- I guess it's crazy. I don't know what, what's a feeling. I guess all of our sensations come in the form of of one of our five senses. And so all the emotions that we feel in our body are are replicas of that, maybe. And every part of them is triggering, so you could really grab any of them. Yeah, a texture could be could you know make you feel similar sensations to an emotion. It could be that it even comes in a texture, like the vibrations of the of the sensation the rhythm of them or textures yeah or has a similar structure or is reminiscent to a texture in some way right or exactly the the connections the firing the geometric pattern of the firings yeah is a structure is a structure is a is a texture or the the individual neurotransmitters as colors, like the explosion of colors. Yeah, but I don't know if that explosions of colors are. Oh, you're saying you're oh. saying inside there actually probably is colors. Like if you had a shine, could shine a light and see at that depth, there are colors to it. Right. Oh, well, that which is crazy. But yeah. How there, there you definitely know what those are colors, colors are. What? How would we have any idea what those colors are anyway? Why would there be an association to them? Um, I don't know. Or maybe that certain, they just fire, all the parts fire, like even the visual part fires. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's possible. Or the neurons that fire are the same neurons that would fire from seeing that color or overlapping. Right. I don't know. I guess if you start to really observe, I wonder to what kind of depth you could you could see. Yeah. Like that's always uh like when they talk about the sensations like what? Are you can you feel one neurotransmitter fire? Can you become that aware? Yeah, I don't know if it's possible. I feel like our nerve endings are, my instinct is that our nerves are, all we could feel is something that's connected to a nerve, but maybe that's not true. Maybe our, since our body is a, is a, is our consciousness is, is an emergence from all of the units in our body. We could really be aware in, in some more spiritual way, but you know, from if this you emergence break down your of every unit to that many little pieces. You're yeah. really decomposing your your ego. I guess that's the point. You yeah. cease to be the one you, and you instead and, become yeah. And there's the consciousness from sensations. this component, and a consciousness from this component. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, true. Wild. Crazy. All right, it was uh, uplifting. <laughs> the end was uplifting and mind blowing. Uplifting. I found it uplifting. This points to the infinite possibilities of our existence and what's possible and probably unachievable. I don't know if you find it uplifting, then. I guess good for you. It doesn't matter what it is.
you don't you don't view that possibility as above the other possibility in a way that uh, thinking about it is elevating you. Yeah, but more just because it was it's an interesting idea that I like. It's like learning something new as opposed to it being a particularly comforting thought or inspiring thought. Right. <laughs> All right. Anyhow, thanks for joining us for another episode, another episode of, of Cold. Cold Plunge. Plunge. <laughs> Much harder over Skype. <laughs>